In Matthew 4.19, Jesus invited his disciples to follow him, to be changed by him, and to be on mission with him. The 419 movement is made up of believers that are committed to making disciples the way that Jesus did. We're learning a lot, and we want you to join us. So welcome to the Discipleship Download. Well, welcome to the ninth episode of the Discipleship Download. I'm your host, David Anderson, and today we are going to do another 101 episode. So this is going to be called Launching 101, and we're going to dive into things that leaders need to do if they want to help their groups grow towards launching or multiplying. So kind of like uh, starting with the end in mind, I just want to kind of help our leaders to have launching in mind and and think about the things that they need to do, uh, the simple things that they need to do that will help lead their group towards launching in the long run. So I think it's important that uh, we understand as leaders of these groups, and, and if you've led a group, then you understand like, like there's a learning curve to this uh, when it comes to uh, setting expectations uh, for the group and, and growing the expectations of a group over time when it comes to multiplication and, and, uh, and discipling other people. So uh, to this point, for, for our particular church, most of our groups at this point are internal groups where someone has been trained to lead, and their first group is primarily a group of believers from our church, not necessarily a neighborhood group or another kind of outside group with new believers necessarily, uh, but they're, they're, those are starting to grow now, and we're starting to hear more cases of those, but primarily we have a lot of internal groups as our church is just learning this methodology of disciple-making. And so many of my comments are directed towards these types of internal groups and the need that our 419 efforts, um, uh, that, that we need to, to kind of shift in how we uh, set expectations for launching within these types of groups, if that makes sense. So when it's, when it's an insider movement or primarily made up of church people, it makes it especially important to set the right expectations up front because otherwise the culture of the group will always devolve over time to just being a connect group or a community group that gets together and studies the Bible but has no desire to multiply. So launching a group is not telling the group that you plan to end it on a certain date that they need to launch their own group by that date and just kind of having a hard stop point where we just kind of say, go make your own uh, disciples at this point, it's it's a process. And it's uh, creating a, a launching or multiplying culture from the very beginning that consistently reinforces that culture and celebrates as people grow into it. And so I think we all need to grow into this. So there's, there's three ideas that I want to step into in this episode for creating that multiplying culture within your group. So number one, uh, the, the first thing is casting vision often. And when I say casting vision often, a lot of times we think of a vision statement and something that you say all the time, and that's certainly kind of part of it where you repeat certain ideas uh, as you get together and that that repetitive idea begins to, to take hold. That's certainly part of it, but I think that it's more than that too, that it's uh, the example that you give uh, to the group, that's the scriptures that you bring that to the group that uh, reinforce that. It's the conversations and the questions that you ask on a weekly basis. And then I think there's also the idea of bringing in an outsider. So we'll look at all of those 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 pieces. 
And then the second thing, the second idea is problem solving together, where uh, during any particular week when someone brings up a situation, the specific situation that they're dealing with, that you're able to pray about that situation, that you're able to problem solve together and move towards them engaging that particular person. And then the last one is to launch without leaving. So instead of, uh, instead of having this hard stop on our groups where we say, okay, we're going to stop meeting and we hope that you all multiply and we kind of send our people out and, and, and see what happens, I think it's much better for us to stay together as we launch and to continue to meet as we launch and to go through the growing pains of launching and engaging uh, the people in our life that we want to disciple and, and doing that together. So that launch without leaving idea. So let's start with casting vision, and we'll, we'll jump into the other two as well. So there, within casting vision often, it's, it's just this idea that if we don't cast vision and reinforce it often, we're always going to slide backwards into what we're comfortable with. And so that, that vision casting is always going to lend, lend itself towards, you know, we're, we're, we're pushing ourselves into more uncomfortable places. We're, we're trying to grow into this. And it's something that we all have to grow into. And so I'd love to talk about uh, the first one just being by example. Uh, so when it comes to leading by example, it's proving out to the group or showing the group that, yeah, this is, this is not easy to do. As a matter of fact, let me show you how I'm struggling with it personally and the, the things that I'm having to grow into and step into and, and learn how to be courageous in. And as you do that, and they see you doing that, that that has an effect on the rest of the group. And so uh, if you have a, a gospel conversation with somebody and you share that gospel conversation and you express your insecurities and everything else that you felt when you had that gospel conversation, it can encourage group members to do the same. And they'll see that there's a lifestyle of disciple making that is growing in you and you'll begin to, to lead them uh, by example. So uh, what will be even stronger is if you engage someone outside the group uh, to, to then invite them into join. So let's say that you're having gospel conversations or you're uh, talking to your neighbors about uh, coming and being discipled. If you were to invite one of those people into the group, suddenly the group that was just church members only now has an outsider in it. And the group dynamics are going to change completely if there's a seeker or a new believer in the group. Now, we don't want it to always be an invitation-type process uh, when it comes to uh, growing these groups. We really want it to be a multiplication process where we're going out and engaging new people, um, and so we do want it to be multiplication. But when you have an internal group of people, a group of insiders, bringing one outsider into it can be a game-changer. It can really change the culture of the group and the direction of the group, as everyone is thinking about helping that particular person grow, they can then kind of see what it's like to to walk someone into Scripture, to to explore new ideas with someone. And it's really exciting, and so that's that's pretty fun as well. When it comes to uh, vision casting, you can also use Scripture. You know, any kind of scriptures that are connected to the Great Commission, uh, it's just good to throw in there each week when you're looking back and you're talking about gospel wins. A great one is Matthew 24, 14, and the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. That this idea of proclaiming God and, and, and sharing Christ with others to the, to the ends of the earth, to all nations, that that is a part of God's plan before 
the end comes, and that we, he wants us to do this great commission work, to take it to all peoples. And so um, we're, we're a part of that. Uh, there's others, uh, Revelation 7, 9, talking about all nations and tribes and tongues that are going to be a part of the kingdom. And you can just use these scriptures just to paint a beautiful picture of what the kingdom's going to look like and help people to see that there's, there's a, there are things in this world that are worth pursuing that are of kingdom value and just to continue to put that in front of them. So that's uh, that's the next one. So uh, lastly, I, I think just uh, be consistent in the conversations that you have each week, and this is this is important for the process. So when it comes to casting vision on a consistent weekly basis, making sure that you're asking people if they had a gospel conversation or if there was a gospel win. That is, that's why we're meeting. We're meeting uh, together in these four nineteen groups. To, to multiply. And if we don't ask that question, we're, we're kind of insinuating that this is just another Bible study. And so what is different about these disciple-making groups is that we are constantly pushing ourselves to reach further out to more people, to engage people with the gospel. And so we want to talk about those gospel wins, and that to be a, just a part of the group each and every week that guys know, guys and ladies know that, that you're going to ask about this and they expect it, and they're thinking about it, and they're praying about it, and that's just part of the culture. And so you can you can vision cast by being consistent and asking that question. And I think that what typically is happening in some of my groups is that you get crickets uh, for the first few weeks, and and that could be somewhat uncomfortable because this is a new expectation for people. They're not used to this expectation in a Bible study. And suddenly it's there, and the more that it's there, the more that they start to see opportunities around them, uh, that they pray for opportunities around them, and they get these opportunities, and just things start to happen. You know, in week five, week six, week seven, someone shares that they got to care through prayer, or they got to to share uh, the gospel with a neighbor. It will just breathe enormous energy into the group, and just it, it can really transform a group's purpose when that question is is asked consistently every single week and you should you should celebrate every small and every big win as your group grows in their boldness towards that that aspect of the vision so th- those are four different ways that you can consistently cast vision that this group is about multiplying and kind of keep that in front of your group so let's, secondly let's let's talk about problem solving uh, we've discussed ideas around prayer in prior episodes, and when you're consistently praying for your mission field and praying the Bob prayer and praying earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, like it says in Luke ten two, this will have a cumulative effect on your heart and the heart of your group members. And that's just one of the fascinating things, I think, about prayer, and it, it just moves your heart closer to the will of God in in so, so many ways. And so just as an example, let's say that, that uh, just to kind of show the, the power of prayer when it comes to moving us towards stepping into to bold things and, and that kind of thing. One other way that, that prayer like helps us, just think about it. Let's say you're angry at someone and you know that you need to forgive that person, but you're, you're just you're a normal person and you're angry at them. If you start to earnestly pray for that person, Many times your heart will soften towards them and forgiveness will be easier for you as you pray for them over time. And sometimes God moves in their hearts too through your prayers and that relationship can be restored. 
but it's amazing the the restor the, the restorative process that happens in your heart as you pray for someone in that particular type of situation. It could be the same way with the mission of God. As we pray and our hearts are reaching, um, we pray that our our that we'll have a heart for reaching others with the gospel, and that starts to our heart for them starts to increase, and suddenly we see these opportunities more clearly. Uh, we may be in a conversation with someone, and suddenly something spiritual just pops out of our mouth, and it surprises us almost that we even said it. But as as we pray, the Spirit is at work in us and in others, and things just start to happen. And so as those things start to happen, uh, we find ourselves in these situations where we we need the group to help us kind of problem solve. Like I I had a uh, I had a care through prayer moment with my coworker today. I didn't expect to, but it just happened. What do I do next? Uh, or my neighbor, I was talking to them the other day, and I asked them if I could pray for them, and and they were taken aback by it, and they they cried, and and I prayed for them, and it was wonderful. But what do I do next? There's there are these moments when our group members are going to need us to kind of walk them through the growing pains of sharing with others, and and help them to take next steps to follow through on some of them. And, and so uh, they'll state the challenges or fears that they have, and we can help walk through those types of things. Um, there may be a, a relationship that they mention, but they don't even know how to even engage that person. Just take the time that you need in your meetings to problem solve with them and think of ideas that could help them as a group. And this is all part of the process of them feeling more confident and bold in sharing Jesus with that particular person that God's put on their heart. And so it can be really encouraging to them, uh, one, to, to have a group that's, that's helping them think about it. Um, two, they know that they're coming back to the group and they're going to be asked about it. And, and, and so that also encourages them. And then if the group is praying for that particular person in that particular situation, I just think the Spirit's moving and, and is going is to bless that. So uh, I think it's a, a wonderful thing to do together. One of the things that we've seen happen in our training classes is that when when someone shares how God is helping them connect with others, it also inspires others in the group. So as you do this problem-solving um, thing, uh, that it encourages others to get in the game also. We use stories in our trainings from the Gospels and Acts where believers are learning to become followers of Jesus and learning to grow in their boldness. And it amazes me how these stories are embodiments of boldness by Jesus and his disciples. Just They give us the push that we all need to step into disciple-making. And when our group members start to embody these, this boldness and this, this, uh, these steps of, of faith to, to share Christ with others, and they embody that as well, it can be contagious within the group. So I think that, that praying together and problem-solving together can be really powerful uh, when it comes to uh, moving people towards launching. Now, lastly, I want to talk about launching without leaving. Now, I believe it is best um, to be in a group when you are trying to launch your group. And a lot of times at, uh, at church, when we have a certain program that we have that we want to train you in, you have a set number of weeks that you go through training and after that set number of weeks, we just say, okay, that's all the training we have for you today. Uh, go and make disciples. And we just kind of wait and see what happens. And that's that's the reality of some situations. But but when you're leading a group and you you kind of own the disciple-making growth uh, of the people in your group, I, I think it's important for you to stick with that group as long as possible until they are actually multiplying. 
And so by staying together, um, you're, you're going you're gonna to hear how the process of engaging new people is going. You can encourage them and problem solve together. And, and sometimes it just takes time for it all to come together. I've heard of groups that have multiplied in a couple of months, uh, but I also know a lot of groups that are insider groups that needed a couple of years to, to multiply. And that, that can be the, the situation. So uh, I, I believe that it, it just that you're willing to stick with your group as long as it takes for their hearts to, to move towards the mission, for there to be this kind of shift from internal focus of spiritual things to outward focus of sharing spiritual things uh, with others. That transition has to occur, and then they have to grow into that. And so while you're, you're praying and waiting for the right person to come along, you can continue to grow during that time period as well. So uh, let's, let's walk through an example of this. Let's say that you had a group that had two people that quickly found uh, two other people that they wanted to disciple. And so very, very quickly, they, they've got their, their people. Let's say that there's two other people that are really slowly uh, finding a group, but they're, they're earnestly working on it and that it's just taking them some time. Maybe they didn't have relationships outside the church that were well-established that they could engage people uh, with this type of idea, um, and they're just not ready, and it just takes time. But then there's maybe one other person in your group that's just not ready to make disciples, that just haven't gotten to that point yet. And so you've got five people, three different kind of situations. And I would say that if you've got the people that find uh, some people really quickly, as soon as those two people find those two people find their people, it's okay for them to excuse themselves from the group. Meanwhile, the other three can continue to meet and continue to go through Scripture together each week, and you can pray for that new group that's starting. And that's not going to be a detriment to the group. It's actually going to be something that encourages the group. Now, as soon as the next two people find a group, uh, you can you can continue to disciple that last person in a one-on-one format, or you could ask them to help you invite others uh, to join and start another group. So they could actually be your co-leader or partner in finding your next group. There's just lots of different ways that you can continue with this as a lifestyle of disciple-making where uh, some people launch and some people stick with you, and it it all just kind of works, and there's always disciple-making occurring. So even though the 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 others are are off dis- discipling, it would be great for you to stay in touch with them too. You know, even though they've successfully launched and they've found their people, they're probably going to need some coaching and praying. Uh, that it'd be great if they saw you as kind of an encourager and a coach for them, even after they leave the weekly meeting. Uh, and maybe it's that you meet for coffee once a month, or you give them a call once a month. Just put that on your calendar. But you can continue to be an encouragement to them. I I think about the Apostle Paul. He starts these churches, but there was definitely follow-up and people that he sent to encourage them and different things that he did to make sure that they were doing well. And so we can can imitate that as well. Now, if that that sounds really hypothetical, I just want to give you a real story that's happened with one of my one of our one of our church members, and it's one of my favorite stories. I just I love this story. So um, uh, one of our our folks that went through training when we first launched this about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, she started an insider group, and that insider group was made up of uh, four other ladies, and one of the ladies 
immediately thought of a group of people that she had a relationship with, and uh, they were dog trainers. They, they did dog training together, and so she had done dog training with these folks for a long time, and uh, so she said, I'm going to reach out to them. So I'm going to read you her story, and this is uh, something that she wrote, just as kind of thinking back through her story, and I just think it's wonderful. So uh, she says, it, it was about a year ago, I was driving to Atlanta Dogwood Obedience Group, and they were going to attend a training seminar, and I felt the Holy Spirit pushing me to speak with others about starting a 419 group. Now, in that group, three were interested, and several others replied, like, maybe, you know, someday, and then a few just said no. And so her group started in August of 2022. And no one lived anywhere close to anybody else. They had to find a central location for their first meeting. Sometimes they even had to meet online just to make it work. But they they met weekly, and often uh, some of the ladies weren't able to make it, but they they just kept adapting, and they kept meeting. And so they've all known each other for a long time, for, for 20 years, and it's always been friendly. But the 419 atmosphere was different, and it was different in a good way. So she says that each woman in my 419 group is from a different denomination, varied levels of belief, and the idea of sharing their belief with others, let alone care through prayer or giving a testimony, was all very daunting to them. We started the book of John, and and just being able to share blessings and burdens and pray for others has visibly grown their awareness and love for Jesus. That, in turn, makes it easier for them to share that love with others, and we decided to continue our study through the book of Acts. One of the women has now started a 419 with four other women that she knows through her, her, her dog shows, and another has started a neighborhood Bible study based on 419, and another who's in her mid-80s has started reading the Bible for the very first time. I love that story. I just, I love so many things about it. I think that, um, you know, that Adrian let the Holy Spirit guide her in her everyday life with relationships that she had established. She adapted it to her circumstances and she helped these, these women to do the same, to kind of persist, even though it wasn't convenient to meet. She stuck with them for a long time. This wasn't a six week study. They went all the way through John and into Acts. But it only took nine months for multiplication to start. And the women that, that Adrian's discipled may not even know who Johnson Ferry is, but they know who Jesus is, and they know how to tell others too. It's just, it's just so wonderful. And that's, that's, what, that's what we're driving towards, is that this thing just grows way beyond the walls of Johnson Ferry. We, we love our church, and we, we love our community, but there's no telling where this could move. This could move well outside of Marietta and where we live, and, and, and that's what we want. We want a movement to begin, and that starts with there being a culture of launching and multiplying within every group that we have. And so think about that and begin with the end in mind. So just think about how you can infuse all of these aspects into the culture of your group. If you have a group of new believers, it may be that you have to infuse these things as they grow and, and start to ask them, challenge them. I, I love that that Adrian did that in her particular group. There were people that were definitely not comfortable with care through prayer and, and sharing their story in the beginning. 
But then we see them growing and we see them multiplying and, and we see great things happening as they stepped into that. So just think about how you can infuse these ideas uh, into your every every meeting, you know, that you can cast that vision often through your example, through the questions that you ask, through scripture, uh, just through uh, just the many situations that come up that you problem solve together and you continue to pray together. And that uh, as you as you cast that vision over time, that it will it will take root, and that uh, you try to launch without leaving. Don't leave them. Stay with them. And then as they catch that vision and start to to work on it, great things might happen. So that's uh, that's really all we wanted to share today. Just wanted to give you that little bit of encouragement for for creating a launching culture within your group. And I hope this uh, this one on one episode has been helpful to you as a disciple maker. If you have any questions about the 419 movement, you can always email us at 419 at jfbc.org. And in our next episode, we're going to talk with Logan Grantham, who leads our student ministry. And it's just been amazing to listen to how our students are taking the gospel outside the walls of the church. There's going to be lots of stories. And we're going to talk through what it looks like practically to face our fears when sharing the gospel and what happens when we step into that. If you're interested in learning more about joining the 419 movement as a disciple maker, you can always go to www.419movement.com for all the resources and videos and our contact information. And we want to know how we can help you get started. So that's it for today. Let me uh, close this today with a prayer that we believe that God answers. And so we pray it each time. Let's, uh, Let's pray that now. Lord, you are the Lord of the harvest, and we we just we pray that you will raise up bold laborers in our mission field, Lord, that you will help us to have a multiplying culture, a great commission culture that desires to take the good news of Jesus to other people. Lord, show us how to multiply ourselves with others and and just to 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 do that with folks that that maybe have never done it before to Lord that you would, uh, give us a burden. Give us all a burden for those that don't know you, that you'll provide opportunities for us to to meet those that you want us to meet. And give us the boldness that we need to share our stories and the good news of Jesus with them. Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>